When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Let me just say, after view distorting the belt, they're proclaiming the real world champion. I'm going to tell you all with a tear in my eye. This is the greatest moment in my life. When you walk around this world and you tell everybody you're number one, the only way you get to stay number one is to be number one. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Captain Lou Extravaganza. We are live on the Captain Lou Sports Network, and now we're powered up by Belly Up Sports, the Belly Up Network of podcasts, you name it. It's a great day for sports. Day number, or round number two of the Stanley Cup playoffs underway last night with a couple of good games. And of course, wrapping up round number one with another game seven. We're going to talk about that shortly. I just want to remind you to follow us on Twitter at the Real Captain Lou or on our Facebook page, the Captain Lou Extravaganza, my personal page, uh, Louis Gamlin, or drop me a line at sweetlou1965 at yahoo.com. Stanley Cup playoffs, as we mentioned, round two underway. We got a couple of great round two matchups coming up tonight. And let's bring in uh, uh, a special guest here tonight, or this morning rather. Uh, host of a great podcast, the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast, none other than Brent Redlinski. Brent, thanks for coming in this morning. How are you? I'm good, Lou. Uh, great games last night. It was a little bit late last night watching that overtime game between Seattle and Dallas, and so now we're, we're here talking some hockey. No place I'd rather be than uh, right here talking to you. You know, you mentioned the Seattle game last night and the return of Joel Pavelski. Wow, what a return. Not one, not two, not three, but four goals in – Unfortunately for me, I fell asleep when they went into overtime and I missed the, the good goal to win it for the Kraken. But my, oh my, they came out guns a-blazing in that first period the Kraken did. And I got to tell you, they're not a, they are not a, an expansion franchise anymore. They're a team that's built to go ways. 
Well, it's crazy how expansion teams have changed the uh, the way that they've been built over the years. You go back not that many years, how the Vegas Golden Knights went to the, they found themselves out of nowhere in a Stanley Cup final back in 2016 or 17, whatever year that was. And then you have the Seattle Kraken in their second year of existence, uh, getting by the Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche in seven. And then uh, last night, finding a way to score four times. And the guy who I think is one of the best uh, goaltenders in the National Hockey League right now with Ottinger, who couldn't who couldn't oh stop vulcanized rubber last night for some for some reason. And there, that that two minute span where it just it was goal after goal on both both ends and what a game that last night and it uh, you watched that game last night uh, uh, not so much the Leafs game but the the Seattle Dallas game last night it's such a league of have and have nots and you watch the speed that that Seattle team has yeah. and the speed that that Dallas and you watch some teams that didn't make the playoffs how. They're so far behind these teams that did, and it's crazy to watch that game last night. And like you said, uh, holding off Pavelski, you're keeping him to a four spot. You, you don't say that very often because you, you watch the stats last night, and there was only five guys in the history of the game who scored five in a game. Pavelski had a chance. I don't know what the stats are of a guy getting all five goals for his team, but that was unprecedented. He was getting them early and often off his like, and the deflections and how he's getting those goals. Unbelievable to watch. You know, you talked about the speed of Seattle. It was like an organized chaos in that opening period. You know, Pavelski got that goal early, but it didn't rattle Seattle. And that's what impressed me the most. And they came in, they put the full court press on, if you will, and didn't let up. Let's, uh, you mentioned the first game. You know, I you wonder about Toronto. You know, they, they finally broke through. You know, they got that game six win against Tampa. And uh, then now they're hosting uh, Florida. You wonder about a letdown, but it, it just, I, you know, it just had a weird feel to that game last night, Brent. I mean, Florida controlled it and they forced them into those turnovers is what I, what I could see out of that game. Well, that's, that's kind of what I thought, Lou, as well, is the way that uh, it's it's the Matthew Kachuk show. I, like, the way that yeah. guy is pressing, the way he's going, and he he put that, that team on his back a little bit after game four against against the Bruins, and then last night he was doing the same thing, four-checking hard. They got the, they got a save here and there last night. I don't know what their goaltending can do as he moves, because you never know what you're, you're going to get out of Bobrovsky, their, their $10 million guy, but that Leafs team, it's like, to me, the, the, the Florida Panthers are, are kind of playing with house money. They, yeah. they beat the Bruins, and they they have a they have a good team. Obviously, they people forget that they were the um, the Presidents Cup champions last year, and they got rid of a guy who was a bit of a cancer in Huberto, who they sent to Calgary. Yeah. You want to talk about that little disaster they got going on later oh, on? But that uh, getting a guy like Kachuk in there, and he's saying jump on my back. And the guy that I really liked a lot in that game seven, and then last night he's doing the same thing was next Calgary Flame as well with Sam Bennett. He's a rock and soft oh. and Don Cherry kind of a player, and he doesn't mind getting his nose dirty a little bit. And he's going to be the guy that's going there. The problem that I I have with the Leafs a little bit. Um, it seems to me that they celebrated a little too hard for winning a round. Yes, it's been a long, a long go, but a lot of those players weren't around, obviously, for the 19 years. So they shouldn't have been right. taking that to heart. The way that Dubas and uh, Spezza were celebrating in the uh, in the in the uh, the GM's box after they won Game Six, it seemed to me that it was a little too exuberant for me. And they they may have won their Stanley Cup on that one. I know the Leafs fan base is kind of thinking the same thing. They have some swagger, but I'd be worried about a because eventually Samsonov's bound to. Have have a stinker of a game. I, he wasn't yeah. great last night, and goaltending in general hasn't been great throughout the playoffs. Nobody has that guy anymore. No. But the, the Leafs should be a little bit concerned going down one because now you have a team that's that, that's three wins away and not four like they are. And um, 
the winning pedigree isn't there with any of the guys with, I mean, you have O'Reilly there, but I, you just don't know what they can do. And the Leafs got to find a way to win next game or man, it could be over early because you get a team on a heater playing on house money like Florida is it's, it could be uh, lights out early. I mean, I'm a Leafs guy through and through. So, but I don't know what's going to happen there. And I, you just don't know how far this can go. Well, you know, we'll talk about, uh, you talked about the goaltending and that's a great point. I haven't seen a dominant one. Maybe the closest was Schmidt, the rookie. Well, I call him a rookie, 22 years old. Yeah, Let's he's... go back to game seven Monday night with uh, the Rangers and the Devils. I, you know, Brent, I for a, te- you know, for a team that you, you would think both teams would ha- have a little bit of urgency in a game seven, I, I just was amazed at how the Devils dominated them in game seven. It's like the Rangers have had a couple of stinker games, and that game seven, it just like, you know, they were rattled, it looked like. They were out hustled on the boards. Uh, the the lazy turnovers. You could see in the intermission how frustrated Mark Messier was. Boy, he wanted to jump over the desk and wanted to grab a stick and get out there. And already they're talking Brent about Gallant possibly getting let go. Talking about uh, you know an, an ouster of him. What a crazy what a crazy forty eight hours for the Rangers. All of a sudden now they want to blow it up because of what they did you know before the deadline. And now they're out. The Devils go on. That's I yeah I, I talked about that with a buddy the other night. We we're talking about the, the the Rangers seem to be like after game two they seem like we're too we're too good to be in this series. We're we we're the New York Rangers. They're the New Jersey Devils. They're the, they're the little brother in the Hudson River battle. And and they just they they just weren't. Uh, the, the the Devils decided you know we're going to play some hockey. We got a good hockey club over here. We're going to do some damage. Our goalie's finally making some saves. And the the. the the Rangers haven't done anything really of any substance. I mean, yeah, they made a Stanley Cup final in 2013, I think it was, or 2014 against the Kings, but they haven't really done anything of substance since 94. Uh, that acquisition of getting Patrick Kane didn't do anything for them throughout, like even after the trade deadline, he was uninspired throughout. And you, you, you got to wonder uh, when do you start running out of coaches? It's eventually the players have to take a little bit of uh uh, onus because they, like you said, they look disinterested in that game. I flipped it on in the first period, what happened in the first period, and I said, "This game's over already." That the Rangers had zero pushback. The the, the Devils were good, and they, they got some goaltending. When that series was two nothing, I thought it was going to be over in four. The way that the Ra- I thought this one's going to be a sweep. It's hard to sweep in the National Hockey, Hockey League playoffs. It doesn't happen very often anymore. Uh, but I thought that the Rangers were the better team through and through. I had Rangers in in six, and it, they should have ended in six because that game seven was an embarrassment for the Rangers franchise and like you said Messier he probably would have played a lot better and he hasn't played hockey in 20 years at least right so it's it's one of those things I think that that Messier would have uh, maybe they need a guy like Messier behind the bench or something I don't know I don't know what the the thing is with this these uh these hockey players now is more so in hockey than other sports I guess but the the I don't want to say entitlement but the lack of pushback you get from a lot of these younger players that they just say, I'm the player and you can't do anything about it. I make this much money, you can't do anything about it. You can't get rid of me more so than it was uh, 10, 15 years ago. And the Rangers are the epitome of that. And I don't know what that franchise can do, um, especially after that after that embar- embar- complete embarrassment and letdown for that franchise the last week and a half. That's too bad, too, because like you said, they had the talent. I thought that they were going to make a run. Um, last question on that game. It was the million dollar question yesterday on social media. What did you think? Was that true to hit clean? Oh man. 
Oh, that's a tough one because, like, as I was watching that game, like, my brother sent me a message, what a hit. And I'm like, oh. uh, are you cheering it? Are you happy for it? Like, it was a, a huge collision. It was a huge hit. Did yeah. he jump? Did Like, was the shoulder? It's so hard to tell because those guys are moving so fast. Can yeah. they go back and look? I I thought it was a good hockey hit. Was it clean-ish? Yeah. Uh, going through the middle like that with your head down-ish. I thought it was a good hit. I mean, that's that's a hit. It's not something you want to see. You don't want to see guys get hurt. No. Um, you, you, you don't want to see guys go down and, and everything else. But he was smiling in the hand. Well, you wonder if he would have been smiling in the handshake afterwards if they if they would have won the hockey game. But uh, I thought it was a I thought it was a good hockey hit. Personally, we're you, joined by Brent Redlinski of the fourteen twenty Sports Bar Podcast. I invite you to uh, subscribe to their YouTube channel. They've got great daily shows uh, all during the week. Everything, a little bit of everything. And uh, they'll get you up to date on all the news around in the world of sports. Uh, Brent, um, let's go. Let's talk about Boston and Colorado. First, Boston, you know, they traded for a bunch of players at the deadline, 65 wins, uh, quote unquote, the greatest team of all time for a single season. And, uh, you know, the Panthers, they they punked them in overtime. Um, Now there's going to be some changes, obviously. They're in cap hell. Um, It, uh, Tough way to go for Boston. I, uh, you know, I don't know what to make of that. That's kind of what, that is an epic upset. But we all know, like you mentioned earlier, the Stanley Cup playoffs. You just never know. And Colorado, they got dethroned. We already talked about the Kraken winning last night. But I honestly thought with Boston up three one, all I can think of, and you might appreciate this, was uh, the Red Wings and the Maple Leafs back. I think it was eighty six, eighty seven. John Brophy doing the choke sign at the end of the series when Detroit came back in the first round back when they used to do um, the, you know, the, the, the playoffs where you did uh, like the Norris, I think it was the first round of the Norris, but boy, oh boy, that collapse is epic for Boston. I don't know where they go to from here. Well, I, I was thinking like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And they went and they, they made those trade deadlines to, to, to acquire some guys and upset that room. Like those, those Bruins guys have been together for a long time and yeah. they're, they're, they have a way of doing things. There's a Bruin way. If that's a, if that's a term that, that they use that Cam Neely put that team together and there's a, there's a Bruin way of doing things. They've been, uh, I don't want to say successful because I like how successful are you if you have one Stanley cup, but winning is hard. Uh, it, it is a tough thing to do, but they've had a very, very good solid franchise for the better part of 12, 13 years. They got that one Stanley cup in 2000, 11 versus mm-hmm. the Vancouver Canucks and then they really haven't done much since they're out in the second round mainly the first round a few times and then this collapse up 3-1 uh and like you said they're going into Capel because Pasternak finally said I'm getting paid enough of this like uh, we've been taking hometown discounts for years and everybody else now Bergeron's leaving Krejci did, didn't uh, sound too content on him coming back the yesterday the way he's saying because usually when when you have a foot halfway out the door the rest of the body just follows and mm-hmm. he's kind of one of those guys he's like yeah you know what because playing hockey's a lot harder than it was 20 years ago because now you got to play all year long and you got to work out all year long and training camp is just another step that, that you do and these guys they play so much at a young age right to their old and you just lose that that thing um all mark turns out he was hurt a little bit but if you if you win 65 games and you get else uh you're 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 up three one and have a lead in the third period like they didn't get, give up a late one that's a tough pill to swallow and where they go from here um cap hell like you said lou like it's it's tough it's tough to keep a team together as long as they did and not being successful does the ownership group say 
well, we didn't win with these guys. Maybe we, we can win without them and we can, we can make some changes and, and do something and try something else because, um, being successful in the regular season, it's it's okay. Um, they were talking yesterday. I was uh, listening. I, I, I don't know what they're going to raise a banner that has a, a president's trophy winning uh, insignia on it. But does anybody really care? Right. Well, does anybody does anybody put a, a president's trophy replica thing on their mantle? No. It, it's just a thing. Yeah, it, it helps your first round matchup a little bit. But those teams that make the playoffs, uh, the way the NHL has it set up now, the way it's all always it's it's different. Like you were talking about the old Norris and Smite division battles back in the '80s and how it was set up back then. Um, the matchups weren't set like they are now. Like you could almost like clockwork back in January, we knew that the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Tampa Bay Lightning were meeting up in the first round. Uh, so winning a President's Trophy and going for it the way the Bruins did and having the best team ever, quote unquote, and getting 65 wins, what was it worth it? Like, could they have sat a few guys and just said, okay, well, let's, let's rest some guys. We got guys who are hurt, banged up or whatever it might, might be. Bergeron's out. The, I think the Bruins are going to take a huge step back next year. And and this might, might've been the, uh, just the move to catapult it. And it might be one of those things for Bruins fans. This might be a tough pill to swallow, but if they weren't going to win a Stanley cup, this might be a wake up call for Bruins fans to say, you know what? Maybe we just aren't that good. All right, let's go to round two. Um, I did a poll question yesterday. What is the, the second round series you're looking forward to the most, and it was pretty close, but uh, Toronto and Florida was, I think, 39%. Then it was Edmonton and Vegas was, was second. Then Dallas uh, and the Kraken third, and then uh, New Jersey's uh, Colorado, Carolina series fourth. I'm personally looking forward to the Edmonton-Vegas series. Starting tonight, I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be an epic series. I think there's going to be a lot of flash. I think it, it, back and forth. Uh, give me your thoughts. What is the series you're looking forward to the most? I mean, I'm, like, I, I'm a, a least guy, so I, I'm, I'm, I watch that with uh, cl- <laughs> clenched butt cheeks, I guess, a little bit. Watching that one because you don't know how that's going to. Well, I think we all know how that's going to turn out as a, as Leafs fan. But the one I, I'm, I agree, Lou. That series, Edmonton, Las Vegas, that's going to have a little bit of everything because you have uh, you have two high powered offense. You have two teams that can go. You have guys who are poised to win now. It's uh, I don't want to say it's the Jack Eichel versus Connor McDavid. Uh, square off because remember they, they both went yep. they went first and second overall in their draft year and if people were there were people talking they were completely wrong that Eichel was contending to be the, the to go first overall that year and we look how that turned out but Eichel's a hell of a player and he might have something to prove the 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 Golden Knights, they found a way to usurp their, the, the cap system a little bit. So Stone, he was he got to found a way to not play most of the season. So he's well rested. Uh, the only thing you got is like how much dry sidle is the X factor in, in this series. Mm-hmm. Because if you if the if the if the Golden Knights focus in on McDavid too much. Drysaddle is going to burn them, and and Drysaddle showed that against the Los Angeles Kings in the first round. The thing that I don't like so much, like the it's it's both teams, Lou, and um, yeah. the goaltending. And like I'm a I'm a goaltender hugger. There's no getting around that. The uh, Lawrence or Larry Boisseau for for the Golden Knights and uh, Stuart Skinner, both basically unproven guys in the National Hockey League, and you don't know what you're going to get and what they're what's going to happen between their ears because you got two high powered offense. You got, got a lot of, a lot of flash and dash in that series. Um, the thing that might be another X factor a little bit is that the golden Knights, Vegas, they, they didn't have much of a pushback in their first round matchup with Winnipeg. They, they won in five, but Winnipeg looked disinterested throughout that series. Mm-hmm. So they, they could, they kind of coasted to a series win. Whereas that, uh, 
that Kings team pushed pushed a lot against Edmonton. That Kings team was really good. I that's going to be a hell of a series. I it's going to be a a toss up. That might be a game seven overtime kind of a deal, uh, unless McDavid goes video game like he's been doing all year. But I think that's a that's a seven game bang and crash and the high high scoring in, in my opinion. Last one we haven't spent a whole lot of time on, but of course it's uh, Jersey and Carolina. Maybe you know. I want to say Schmidt might be playing the best of all the goaltenders, but he's had a couple of clunkers too in that series against the Rangers. Carolina is one of those teams under the radar. They don't get a lot of ink. They don't get a lot of pub, whatever, but uh, Rod Brindamore, I think it's gotten, got them playing real well. Um, You know, they beat a pesky Islander team in round one. Um, What do you see out of this one, Brent? I, I really, I've been going back and forth on it. I don't have a feel for this one. I, I'm going to say the uh, I'm going to go with Carolina maybe because they got home ice. Um, I don't know. It's crazy you mentioned home ice because the first round home ice was not good for for oh, anybody. Yeah. Thirty and nineteen, I think, was the stats for the road teams, and even uh, the 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 two game sevens with the, the the visiting team won. And then last night, the two visiting team won won again <laughs> last night. So you just don't know about this home ice advantage. It used to be a lock that was almost a guaranteed win in the oh. playoffs. Now home ice isn't a thing. I like I like it with that 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 Carolina team has a guy like Brent Burns out there yes. playing a little bit of hockey, playing Great some old point. old school hockey. He has he's the kind of guy who can be a calming influence on the younger players is rod brindamore a better coach th- th- than lindy ruff i don't know um this might be brindamore's time to shine but schmied's a, schmied's a, a better goaltender than anything that, that that carolina can throw out there yes. uh you just don't like but how long will the schmied thing last because it's, it's a lightning in a bottle like every once in a while you, you go back to 96 lou when patrick Waugh came out of nowhere and he won the stanley cups was that mm-hmm. one of these things or more recently jordan jordan binnington with the st louis blues coming out of nowhere because i think this this, I think that that uh, Carolina team has has a bit of pop. They have some guys who won Stanley Cups. And I, I think that that's invaluable for a lot of these younger teams to have those guys who have won before. Okay, this is what we have to do. This is what we did back then. And I think kids will listen a little bit. I shouldn't say a lot because it just seems to be a, a different era of hockey player. But I like that Carolina team to, to maybe go on to, to win this one. Uh, and they're out of, like, out of the four teams left. They might be the most complete team, uh, complete team going because I think that they have better goaltending than the Leafs do, and I just don't I, like I just I just don't trust the Leafs. So that's what it comes down to. I just don't trust the Leafs. But yeah, no, I I like uh, Hirsch. That Sebastian Aho is a good player, but Hershire yeah. and, and Jack Hughes wasn't great in the first round for Jersey, so expect him to uh, to step it up a little bit. That could be another six seven kind of a, kind of a series. Yeah. It, like you said, that one's not that doesn't get a whole bunch of uh, publicity except for around uh, and and eyeballs except for hockey guys like me and you, hockey dorks per se. I guess you can be, right, be called. Right. But like, there's it's not a, a sexy series, but I think it's going to be a very good a very good playoff round. Well, I'd be remiss without asking you about this. You brought it up briefly earlier. Daryl Sutter out as a coach at Calgary. I think we all saw it coming. Um, you mentioned it. They're kind of a mess up there right now. And, you know, it's too bad. Uh, you hate to see anybody lose a job. And But I, I, it's almost like they're a rudderless ship right now. And, I, I, I you know, it's going to be a rough go, I think, in Calgary for a while. The thing you got there, Lou, is that I, I don't think that Daryl Sutter was – he. 
learned or forgot how to coach. A year ago, almost the day he was nominated for a Jack Adams Trophy, and then and then now he's out of a job. Did, so did he become a bad coach in a year? No. They the, no. the G the GM made some deals that he had to make when Kachuk said I'm out, and when when Johnny Goudreau uh, opted out of nowhere and went to uh, the powerhouse Columbus Blue Jackets of all places to be closer to home, which isn't really much closer when it comes down to it. Still a couple of jet rides away, but right. the, the, that franchise is in, is in a mess. They haven't won a cup since 89, haven't really been relevant. They had that little run in 2004, I think it was, but the, the, the building is old. Players don't want to go there and the guys that they were forced to go get like Huberto and like Kadri, who's a bit, uh, Kadri's a bit too unspoken for my liking. I mean, I, I like when guys talk because we, we complain a lot that guys don't talk enough right. as athletes. They don't think the same thing that's on their mind, but to uh, Kadri is never one to um, to mince his words and maybe doesn't pick the right spots to do it. And uh, it was a bad look for a lot of things that Sutter was doing. Some of the guys he was playing at times in certain spots because he's a he's not a prospect hugger by any means. He was he was still throwing Lucic out there. Uh, he was going with Tyler Toffoli who had a thirty goal season and he was one of the, uh, Sutter's guys in L.A. Uh, Calgary's in an absolute mess. They're like you said, they're a rudderless ship. They don't have a GM right now. They don't have much going for them. There's people not not renewing their season tickets. I'm only two hours away from Calgary, where I am here in Southern Alberta. Um, it was bad. Huberto came out and was, was talking some pretty not nice things about Sutter in the papers around here yesterday. Yes, people still read papers now and then, Lou. It's not, not very often. It's one of those things. But um, you just... You wonder where that franchise can go and how they're going to piece it all together. Because I just, uh, they're, like I said earlier, you, you watch the teams that are in the playoffs compared to the teams that are out. The teams that are out aren't close. Like, they're not. And it, it's a it's a bad situation for a lot of these 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 National Hockey League teams. But it's, uh, the, the game's in really good shape, I think. But the, the teams that, that are, that the have-nots are, are a long ways away. And Calgary's one of them. Now, when I have somebody on my show for the first time, I always do this to you. I'm not trying to date you. But... What is the first Stanley Cup uh, playoff run that you can remember watching as a youngster? I remember because my by my friend, he's, he's man, I'm getting old, dude. Thanks for reminding me. Uh, no, it's one of those <laughs> things. My friend across the alley on 19th Street in Fort McLeod, this little small town of 3,000, uh, just down. It's my, my, he's, his parents still live there, I think. But um, he was an Islanders guy, and he had an Islanders jersey. So he was a so I remember watching those Islanders. Uh, a little okay. bit, but the one I remember was '83 when the Edmonton Oilers made their first run, and yeah. and they 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 swept aside. I think they swept aside Chicago in the in the in the semifinals of the, yeah. the what, was it, what was it the Campbell Conference back then. Yes, and yes. then they, and then they went on to get swept. Uh, the 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 Gretzky team because that's when he scored 160 points, whatever it was. So everybody in Alberta was uh, all Gretzky because we got a lot of that on TV here. So the Gretzky uh, losing to the Islanders in uh, in four straight. That's the one I remember the most was that one. And it was the fourth, the fourth Stanley Cup, Cup for the Islanders. And the thing I remember the most was the post game a while later, uh, like a, not the post game, but like post the postseason pro, uh, pressers and stuff about the uh, Islanders, uh, how they were beat up sitting in the dressing room, and the Oilers they were all whatever. We're, we're young, we're going to get a chance of this. And that's when Gretzky said, "That's when we, that's when we, uh, we learned how, that, how what we, it took to win, mm-hmm. and it wasn't just going scoring a bunch of points. And you had to, you had to, to battle, and that was uh, the the the." catapulted the orders their, their Stanley Cup. So 1983, I would have been nine, 10 years old, I guess, back then. So that's when I remember the most, Luke. Well, the first one I remember was, well, I was 12 years old, was I think 1977 when uh, Detroit made it and they played the Atlanta Flames in the opening round and beat them. 
and then they went up against the mighty Canadiens the year that they won yeah. 62 games or whatever and actually won the first game. And then after that, it was like, okay, guys, like Scotty Bowman, I remember him coming out and reading it in the Detroit Free Press said, you know, all right, enough of this. We're not going to – we're done fooling around with these Detroit Red Wings. And they won four straight and went and won the Cup. Yeah, and then, of course, then Detroit went back down in their tailspin for years. You know, I remember – Going to Joe Lewis, they would try to they would give away a car every day to get people into the rink for the Detroit Red Wings games in the eighties. But those are good memories back then, you know. And, yeah, and it's it's crazy, Lee. You talk about those teams in Detroit and, and like the and the, the Norris Division in general, how bad the Norris was back in the eighties. Oh. Like there were some bad <laughs> hockey clubs factoring the Minnesota North Stars, the St. Louis Blues. Like St. Louis almost almost moved to Saskatoon of all places at one point. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, the the Norris because there was a uh, there was. There was the sweatshirts, the Snorris division, how bad it was back. Yeah, it was terrible. Just awful oh. hockey back then. Di- different hockey. I shouldn't say awful because hockey's never that awful, but it was different hockey. Well, it was funny because, you know, Jacques Lemaire was coaching Detroit, on, you know, back in the mid-'80s, and I can remember they would win the Norris. You know, like I said earlier, they would do the conference or the playoffs where you'd do it, you know, your division first, and then you'd play the winner of uh, Edmonton's division. And the, the year, I think it was 87, maybe, 87 or 88, Detroit won their, you know, the Norris tournament, we used to call it. And then yeah. they played Edmonton. Again, they won up in Edmonton the first game. And, boy, ever, the expectations were high. And then it was like Gretzky and the boys said, all right, that's it. And then they won four straight. And it was in dominant fashion. Gosh, great memories, you know, of, of watching yeah. hockey back then, you know, I tell you. Yeah, you, you talk about like when the uh, the Norris Division winner had to play the Smite Division winner, and like just down the road, the Edmonton Oilers had the Calgary Flames as, as their rival, and they were the second best team in hockey, and they only got got out of the, the Smite Division twice, right? And, and, and then and then you go a little bit further further west, how good those Winnipeg teams were with Dale Howard, Chuck, and Thomas Dean. They they were great hockey teams, yeah. and they didn't have a hope in hell against those Gretzky led Oilers teams, and then the uh, those Flames teams that were winning winning Presidents trophies, they just couldn't get, couldn't get it done for for whatever reason. Yeah, so it was. Uh, I, I wish that they would find a way to alter the playoff system to get it back to get some different matchups, um, go tr- try something different, one to eight or whatever it might be. Because the way it's set up now, you kind of have a, you kind of know who's going to go. People say go through one through sixteen. But that's just that's just unreasonable to yeah. the travel that would happen, and everything else. But yeah, right. it's uh, it's still great. Like you're, you're gonna, you usually end up with the team that's supposed to win usually ends up uh, in the finals or, or or gets there, and the team that earns it, they really earn it. And I think it's the, I personally think it's the greatest tournament in hockey because. Um, put, putting together four wins uh, in a row or four wins out of seven and the travel and the way these guys get beat up, I still think it's the greatest tournament in, in professional sports. Real quick, before I let you go, I appreciate you taking time out this morning, Brent. Let's. Uh, I want to talk a little baseball with you. 30-game point. Uh, first of all, my first question for you on that is, what do you think of the rule changes, uh, how they've affected the game? Uh, have you been for it? Uh, what's your initial take after a month into the season? I like that there's a lot more action on the bases. I like that there's yeah. more stealing. I, 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 like I'm not a big fan. We, we when we had you on on our show, we were talking yeah. about the, the pace of the game and everything else. And I, I'm not sure. Like I'm not used to that yet because I, I don't mind sitting and having a few beers in front of me watching the game. And all of a sudden, I don't get to finish my six pack because the game's already over. <laughs> uh, that's the one. I'm not used to that yet. But I, I like the action on the bases. I like that they're the. Uh, you know a guy is going no matter what that they're they're having a chance to, to steal base i don't know if the the, the size of the bases has anything to do with that i don't think that that's going to that half an inch or an inch is going to make or break a base dealer uh but having the action on the base i, I like quite a bit um 
yeah, no, I, I enjoy it. Like, I, it hasn't made the game worse. Like, it hasn't made it better a ton. I don't know a ton better, but it's 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 a better a better. I I like it. And how's your Pittsburgh stock? Best team in the National League right now. How about those <laughs> That is unbelievable. Their record going in right now, and they just they go get getting McCutcheon back there. Maybe that's got a little bit of pickup we need. Say, hey boys, you you might only get one shot to do this. He's been in the league for a long time, and having a guy back there who's uh, say, hey, jump on my back. Let's give this a shot. Let's have some fun. And let's see what we can do. Uh, you, you, it's it's crazy to think that you have two teams that don't spend anything are, are leading their divisions. Also with Tampa or their leagues with Tampa as well, but Pittsburgh. Man, oh man, you got to see how those. You, you got to think that other franchises, Lou, that are, are going to their 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 GMs and their their analytics guy and saying, "Hey, uh, I'm spending 300 million here, and we're in last place. These guys are spending 60 million, and they're in first place, and it, it ain't close right now. What's going on? Yeah, it's crazy. Here, Detroit uh, coming up this week. On this one, I'll let you go. We got Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander going back to back against us. Uh, Tonight and tomorrow afternoon, uh, you know, Detroit's about where you and I talked about where they would be, yeah. third place. You know, they're just struggling to get the bats and uh, a little bit of everything, injuries like everybody else. But this is going to be interesting to watch that here this ap- tonight and tomorrow afternoon with uh, Max and Verlander making a return trip, both of them in a Mets uniform. It's going to be weird. That is strange that that's even happening that all these years later that they're still out there pitching. And I know the miracles of modern science with Tommy John and everything else, how they can make that work. So you, you go, yeah, well, here we go. Uh, I, I would suggest you get in your seat early because I think there's going to be a lot of strikeouts. Those games might be a little bit quicker than usual. It's it's crazy. <laughs> Detroit said like they're 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 Detroit. They're mired in me- mediocrity, and like yeah. you, you said, they 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 just don't seem to have a, uh, a winning formula yet. Getting anything what they want to do, they're just there get collecting money and not doing anything. Scherzer and Verlander, you, you like for for Mets fans, you got to hope that Mets fans are, are hoping for not just good starts, but really really good starts, throw some innings, see what they got because it's a, uh, it's a grind. It's a long season. And the, uh, the Mets are only going to go as far as the money that they put in, in Scherzer and Verlander's pockets. And, uh, they haven't lived up to expectations so far. They're going to get healthy and they'll be better. But you, you put that much stock as uh, as uh, Cone did in those two guys. You gotta. He must be getting his butt butt cheeks clenched a little bit. Like, oh, what did I do here with this kind of money? Because no matter if you have fourteen billion in the bank or not, you spend three hundred million or three hundred fifty million, you're still spending three hundred fifty million. And uh, he probably wants to see something pretty electric these next couple of days. Well, Brent, I appreciate you coming on the show today. Tell us a little bit about what you got going on with the 1420 uh, Sports Bar Podcast. 1420 Sports Bar Podcast, busy busy around here all the time at World Headquarters. Every morning we got a show, usually around 7 a.m. Uh, Mountain Standard Time, so I like to sleep a little bit eventually by the time the games get done <laughs> and doing all my research the day before. We have a regular show Mondays and Thursdays with my co-host Dave and a new a new little venture we, we've uh, started for uh, last call we do on Sunday nights, Mountain Standard Time, basically a YouTube thing that we, we're we trying to get going there and just a, a, a wrap-up of the weekend or a wrap-up of the weekend or whatever it might be in lieu you came on for the initial one of that mm-hmm. that went really well so no we talk uh all sports we stay away from basketball a little because that's not really the middle-aged six foot two guys pedigree i guess it's yeah. one of those things but we uh, we talk a lot of hockey a lot of baseball and uh football's in the off season now but the draft so we, we got a lot going on here and it's uh, always a lot of fun talking sports well i appreciate you taking time out this morning keep the faith for your uh maple leafs game two tomorrow uh, they maybe they can even it up and uh 
take it back down to Florida and get control of the series. This has been an absolute treat, Brent. I appreciate you coming on. Enjoy the Stanley Cup playoffs, man. Always do, Lou, and thank you very much for having me. You bet. Brent Radlinski from the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. Always a great uh, chance to get him on. Always informative, getting us up to date on the Stanley Cup playoffs. Round two underway tonight. The the other first-round game starting with uh, the uh, New Jersey Devils and the Carolina Hurricanes. Of course, we also have the Vegas Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers. That is going to be one hell of a series right there. We're going to take a quick look at the NBA with their round two. I know we don't spend a whole lot of time on that, but I'd be remiss without talking about that. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about Mahler Brothers Golf. Um, you know, when, if you're like me, you want to look good on the golf course. And if you're like me, you know, I don't get to play enough, especially now since I'm uh, on the disabled list, if you will. But a lot of times when you want to look good on the golf course, it often sometimes comes at the expense of feeling good. But we here at Mahler Brothers Golf, they've got just that uh, answer for you. They've got a great selection of uh, T-shirts, hats, tumblers, so much more. But their polos are what I want to talk about. Their lightweight and stretchy material hugs your body, helps you feel cool, and you'll look cool. And you know what the saying is, you look good, you feel good. You feel good, you play good. That is what Mahler Brothers is all about. Check them out, MahlerBrothers.com, M-A-H-L-E-R-B-O-R-O-S.com. And as it says on the bottom of the screen, use the promo code BELLYUP for 15% off discount. Mahler Brothers Golf, all their greatest stuff. They've got a lot of great stuff on there. I've checked it out. Once I get going here at the end of July, I'll be uh, sporting the Mahler Brothers polo shirts for sure. But go to their website, MahlerBrothers.com. Use the promo code BELLYUP, which is right there on the bottom of the screen. Get 15% off your purchase. That is, of course, MahlerBrothers.com. Want to thank Brett Redlinski again for joining us from the 1420 Sports Bar podcast. Uh, again, check them out every morning, seven o'clock Mount, or seven thirty Mountain Time, and then um, weeknight or Sunday nights for their wrap-up show. Mondays and Thursday nights. Subscribe to their uh, YouTube channel. That's the 1420 Sports Bar podcast. They got a lot of great stuff going on over there. NBA round two, real quick. We'll get into that. Uh, Last night, of course, was uh, the Lakers and the Warriors, but uh, Denver taking on uh, Phoenix. They got a 2 nothing lead. You know, you never hear anything about Denver. Now they got to go to Phoenix for game three. Can they keep the momentum up? Boston and uh, Philadelphia, game two tonight, I believe, in that series. Joel Embiid got the MVP. Congratulations to him. Deserved, uh, well-deserved. Uh, he had a great season. Uh, James Harden. Is that someone, is he going to be able to keep that up? Uh, 45 points. Is this going to be, the? is, is it going to be the James Harden that uh, checked out in some of the other playoff series? Or is it going to be a James Harden that might finally be able to keep it going to get Philadelphia ring? Boston, are they overrated? That's another question. I know it's just one game, but it was kind of like in the opening round when they took on Atlanta. It just looked like they hung, you know, they let them hang around way too much. And they can't do that against Philadelphia. And they got to be they got to be careful now. Philadelphia's wrangled home court advantage away. If they can even it up tonight, well, then it might be a different story. But uh, again, uh, round two, uh, this is where really the, the rubber starts to hit the road. Game two tonight. See if they've, uh, Boston can even up the series, make it one to one. 
And in the Western Conference last night, LeBron and Steph back and forth. A, a very good defensive performance by LeBron, by uh, the Lakers. It was it didn't come down to Steph obviously or LeBron. AD thirty points, twenty rebounds, first one since I believe uh, Shaq to be able to do that back in nineteen ninety six or I can't remember what year it was. But the Lakers took Game One. They've got home court advantage now. Jordan Poole, a wide-open 30-footer to possibly win it for the uh, Warriors in game one. I don't begrudge him for taking that shot. Um, so, But that, that series is far from over. I see the Warriors coming back in game two, making a statement, evening it up, bringing it back to uh, the Eastern or to L.A. 1-1. I still like the Warriors winning that series. It could go six or seven. This one will probably go seven. And, uh, you know. It's going to make for a great series there. And the Knicks and the Heat, that's up at 1-1. That one, I think, is going to go 7. And that's going to be a fun game to watch. You know I, you know me, I'm not a New York guy, but I'm kind of rooting for the Knicks, and I'll tell you why. Um, I just – their fans have been suffering for a long, long time, 50 years since they won a championship. You know, they've had flashes of possibly getting there, obviously, in the 90s when uh, the Knicks went to the finals against Houston. But, you know, it's a passionate group there in New York. A lot of history at the Garden, obviously, the Mecca, uh, Madison Square Garden. Um, I'm kinda, I, I, I don't really have a dog in that fight. Miami, I, I, you know, Jimmy Butler, what can you say, what he did against the Bucks, uh, You know, with his bad ankle, that's going to be a question mark for the Heat. Um, but, I, you know, I, 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 I like uh, – I, I like the makeup of their team as well, but I, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for the Knicks fans. How does that sound? Because I know they've suffered for a long time, a passionate bunch, but that's going to be a great series though, as well. Game seven, uh, or probably going to be a game seven scenario in that one too. So the NBA round two, hopefully for their sake, the, the series are a little more interesting. Um, it's going to be taking a lot to uh, match the intensity in my opinion of uh Round or of the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs because to me, um, there's nothing better. Well, that's going to do it here tonight. We want to, or this morning rather, it's going to take me a while to get used to doing these shows in the morning. Um, for those of you that don't know, we normally do our shows during the week on Wednesday nights, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays at uh, seven o'clock Eastern time. But with uh, me being on the disabled list, having surgery on my foot, uh, kind of uh, set here for a few weeks or a few months. So I thought, why not have a three times a week show? So we're going to try something different in the morning here at 10 o'clock. So we'll be back on Friday talking Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll do a little bit more on Major League Baseball on Friday. We'll get you up to date on the NBA as far as where their series stand. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the transfer portal on Friday as well, too, with uh, college football. Kind of hitting home a little bit here in the East Lansing, Michigan area. So we'll get more into that as well. Maybe we can get someone on to help talk about that. So we. Uh, Appreciate everybody uh, tuning into the show. Again, we are powered up by Belly Up Sports. Check out our website, bellyupsports.com, for a complete list of all of our podcasts, all of our shows. Um, and, of course, check out the articles. Uh, we got a great bunch of writers diving into all the playoffs, all the sports that we cover, anything from pro wrestling to, uh, to uh, Stanley Cup hockey, the NFL, Major League Baseball, you name it, the NBA and everything in between. So check us out at uh, bellyupsports.com. 
Well, that's going to do it here tonight or this morning, rather. Want to again thank Brent Radlinski for coming on the show from the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. I want to thank you, the viewer, for taking time out tonight to be a part of the show here on the Captain Lou Extravaganza. Until Friday morning, Captain Lou saying keep your heads up, keep your sticks down, keep your feet moving, and as always, keep your minds open. Thanks for joining us here. Have a great day, everybody. Enjoy the hockey. Enjoy life. Get out and enjoy it, as I mentioned. We'll see you Friday here on the Captain Lou Sports Network here on YouTube, and, of course, the Captain Lou Extravaganza from Belly Up Sports. So long.